Hey ladies, welcome to our No Bad Day Simple Wellness for Women show. I'm Jolene Fisher, your host, and every episode of the No Bad Day show will give you a view into the life of another woman. She'll share her stories, her triumphs, her struggles, and the lessons that she's learned along the path. And my goal is for you guys to be the hero of your own story and bring you relevant and encouraging information. And um, all those things to be said, you know, this is one brave woman today that we're bringing to you, Tanya Goodall-Smith. She is amazing. She's actually done some work for me and I've done some work for her. We've had that reciprocal relationship over the years and I met her about four years ago. But let me tell you a little bit about her bio and all about her. She is the owner of Work Story Photography here in Spokane, Washington. And she's also a branding expert. She works with organizations and individuals who want to elevate their brand image with storytelling, photos, and videos that sell. She's a content creation pioneer focusing on helping personal brands and corporations look, high, look highly professional in their visual communications. Coining the term photographic branding, Tanya's unique approach to photography for business as part of an overall branding strategy came about after years of frustration during her career as a graphic design, uh, searching for the right stock photo and having to make it work with grainy snapshots. Helping her clients create a library of brand appropriate imagery to share in a world full of cookie cutter content is her favorite thing to do. But besides that, she's also a wife and a mother to three kids. And today she's also gonna share her story about her oldest son, Calvin. He's 12 years old. He was born with a very rare disability called metatrophic dysplasia. And it's a form of dwarfism that we're going to get to learn about today and, and learn about her heart as well. So welcome to the call, Tanya. Thanks for being Hi. here. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> and first of all, I always like to ask the question, tell us a little bit about your background and where you're from and kind of what makes you, you. Yeah, well, I was born in Utah, actually. My parents are from there. And then we moved to Wyoming, where I lived until I was 12. Uh, and then uh, my parents decided to move to the Pacific Northwest, uh, which might as well have been a totally different world to me <laughs> as a 12-year-old. Um, you know, the weather, climate, everything, culture, totally different. Uh, and so uh, for me, that was kind of a hard time in my life as a teenager. Like, I moved to this place where I, I didn't feel like I fit in. Um, I didn't know anyone, all my friends, you know, we, we didn't have the internet or free long distance calling then <laughs> or anything like that. It was just kind of like that world was over and I had a new life. Um, so, but we moved there um, largely to help my mom's aunt Shirley. Uh, she was a, quad a quadriplegic. She had been in an accident when she was young in the 1950s. Uh, it was a hit and run car accident. Um, and she was paralyzed from the neck down. And um, she actually became the first person uh, in a wheelchair to graduate from college in the state of Washington. And yeah, she became a special ed teacher uh, and became, you know, like at that time they were like, oh, you're paralyzed, you're probably just gonna die. Like, you're not gonna contribute to society or have any kind of life, but she lived um, into her 70s or 80s, I think. I think she was 80, 80 something. Um, and she influenced hundreds of kids and um, was this amazing woman. So I got to uh, have the opportunity to learn uh, what it's like to live with a handicap. Um, 
I, I was her assistant on the weekends and helped her and just learned so much from her. Um, and as I've looked back on my life, I, you know, I was like, what was the purpose of, of that time in my life? Cause it seemed so hard to me. And when I graduated from high school, my parents actually moved back to Utah and I'm like, like, what was the point of that in my life? You know, I've, I've often thought of that. Like, this was this weird time that we just moved to this different place. And um, then later, as I had my son with a handicap, and I look back to that time, I see that it prepared me to be a good mom to my son. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That just gave me the chills, like how God works in those kind of ways, really, to prepare right. Our yeah, it made me emotional too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to cry. Sorry. <laughs> That's, That's your story. That's amazing. So she influenced you in many ways, I'm sure. In terms yeah, of for sure. Being a tenacious woman and getting things, you know, done and, and following her dreams and goals. And I'm sure that rubbed off on you because you're the same way. In the yeah, life. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And she taught me a lot too. Um, she taught me how to cook spaghetti sauce from scratch and how to trim the bushes, you know, all from her wheelchair, like explaining how to do it. And, um, she, I was a student driver and she'd be in the passenger seat giving me instructions. You know, she was just this amazing teacher, um, to everyone that she knew. So give us a little bit of a look into your life now as a mom with a child that has a disability and take us back to, the early years and, and for you, how that was for you and your family? Yeah. So, well, um, like my pregnancy was totally normal. I was healthy. According to the sonograms, everything looked fine. So it was a big shock to give birth to this baby and then have something be wrong, you know? Um, and we didn't really know until he was about a year exactly what was going on. Um, like he couldn't hold his head up. He wasn't rolling over just because he was a normal size. He was like eight pounds, 21 inches, you know, but just had some deformities in his joints and things. And so we finally, we lived over in the Seattle area at that time. We finally went to Seattle Children's Hospital and they x-rayed his whole body. And I'll never forget, like we were waiting forever in the little waiting room after, you know, (laughs) and then the doctor and the nurse and like, 10 other people filed into this little room and we're like, Oh my goodness, what's going on? And uh, they said, well, we think your son has this thing called metatropic dysplasia, but we've never seen a case of it ever. So we're not sure. So we're going to send his x-rays to another doctor to see, you know, to like get it confirmed. And so we're like, Oh, wow. (laughs) And you know, nobody, so that's kind of been our experience. Nobody knows much about this. It's super rare. There's like a hundred or so people in, in the world with it. Um, so for me, that's been the hardest part is it's not like Down syndrome or autism or something where there's lots of resources or people who know about it. You know, we've kind of had to navigate it on our own. And thankfully, we found a group on Facebook of parents and families around the world, and they've been our greatest resource. Well, yeah, um, there's only a hundred of them. It would yeah. be a picnic group, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, and it varies widely. Like some of the kids are severely deformed. Um, several have like passed away as infants, which is super sad. And then there's some that are, you know, gone to college and graduated and have jobs and families. So it's kind of 
across the board and just been something we've had to navigate ourselves and you know what seems to be the best solution for our child and um you know other than other than things like uh you know we don't really go hiking or on bike rides or you know he's limited in that kind of stuff life is pretty normal for him and for our family you know he goes to school he's really smart he's funny he has friends um you know so we're just kind of navigating the physical limitations that he has and um taking it a day at a time (laughs) yeah see he i read somewhere on your facebook profile that he's four foot four now and is that pretty tall for someone yeah right yeah i don't know if I don't know if he's, yeah, I think he, um, passed four feet, like four feet was kind of like the goal or like, <laughs> I want to get to four feet. So yeah, he, he's on the taller side for a person with, uh, dwarfism in general. So I don't know that he'll grow much more, you know, he's hitting puberty now, so he might grow a little bit. Um, but for the most part, he'll be this height his whole life. And so that's kind of the, you know, that's the thing that most people, uh, feel bad about, or, you know, like, oh, my kid isn't going to be normal. Um, and so I've had to do a lot of work around that as a parent, but to me, you know, it's like, it is what it is. Like, this is how, you know, it's the same as someone who's really, really tall or, you know, really thin or, or whatever, you know, it's just a characteristic of his body and it doesn't have to define him or hold him back in any way. So that's kind of been the message that I've been, um, sending to him as a young person, you know, this doesn't have to hold you back or um, make you feel bad about yourself or anything like that. So that's great. And how is he receiving that? Pretty good. Um, I, I think it was around second grade where he was like, oh, I'm different than the other kids. Like he finally started to notice and we started to talk about dwarfism more. And at, the, you know, for a while at that time, he was kind of exhibiting some signs of like being a victim a little bit, you know, that I recognize. He's just like, oh, poor me, poor me. I'm so weird and different. And so that's when I started talking more to him about it. You know, like this doesn't have to be a problem. Um, And we we just continually have a conversation about it. So, I mean, because sometimes, you know, he's like, well, how am I going to drive a car? Or like, you know, am I ever going to get married? You know, different stuff like that. He's brought things up to me and I'm like, who knows? Nobody ever knows if, you know, that's going to happen for them. So, and we'll figure out the car thing. (laughs) There's all sorts of ways to modify anything in life, right? To help him. But you have to then do some, like you can't hike or have him go on a trampoline or do something like that. And is that mainly because of his spine and his, his neck and, Yeah, so his um, spine and joints are all deformed. Um, And so the the trampoline, he had some instability in his spine. And actually last fall, he had a fusion surgery there. So that's still kind of healing. Um, I think eventually he'll he'll be able to do the trampoline and stuff like that because it's fused now. But he just has a lot of joint pain. Like he can't make it very far when we walk. Um, He has a little wheelchair for when we go places. Um, and then we haven't been able to find him a good bike yet. I'm still working on that. I think we need to go to Portland or Seattle um, 
and get a custom made like recumbent bike. And I'm just like, oh, I wish there was a better resource here in Spokane for getting that done. Because um, we just listening will know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. So, because uh, I'd love to, you know, go on family bike rides, and and he needs exercise. He tends to be really sedentary, and um, we get in the pool a lot in the summer. That helps, but he just has a lot of joint pain. So. <laughs> What about for you? How have you struggled the most through all of this? It's been 12 years. He's seems to be doing well now, but I'm sure yeah. there's been dark times for you as a mom. What, what are those like and how did you work your way through it? Yeah. So I've struggled a lot throughout my life, even before with depression. So that's kind of a, been a lifelong struggle. And I've learned, um, to, you know, my nutrition plays a part in that. Um, I learned about vitamin D supplementation uh, after I had my third baby, actually, or no, my second. My doctor actually tested my levels and she was like, you have no vitamin D in your body. Like, no wonder you're depressed. And that's how, that's been huge. I wish I would have known about that as a teenager because even then I really suffered with that. Um, so, uh, but yeah, just working on my mindset, I think has been the biggest um, help for me because in the beginning, you know, all the unknowns just weighed so heavily on me or, you know, imagining the worst case scenario, <laughs> um, having very little family around, you know, I always felt like I'm, I'm alone. Uh, I don't have any support. And so just, um, switching my mindset around that and creating a community for myself, um, asking for help, um, and accepting it, you know, um, and then also just being positive, you know, like, it's not the end of the world to have whatever trial you have, like, it's, it's yours, and we can work it out. <laughs> I've come to just kind of have that attitude, and it's really helped. <laughs> yeah, and I've known you now for four, four-ish years or so, and, and at that time, uh, when you hired me to be your health coach, and since then, you've hired other coaches, too, to be in your mm-hmm. own path, plus you have yeah. your church and you have your other communities that right. come alongside you. I think that's such an admirable trait is to reach out and to ask for help and, and to know yeah. that it, it takes a village, really, right. <laughs> even us yeah. as women, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. And that was really hard for me the first time. We, like, we did a fundraiser so I could take him to Delaware to see a, a specialist doctor. And I just agonized over that. I was like, I don't want to ask people for money. <laughs> um, but it was at a time where like my business was just getting started. I just didn't have the money to pay for it. And we did a fundraiser. And I felt like the biggest benefit of the fundraiser was not the money. It was the community that gathered around and supported us. That meant so much to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your business a little bit. Work story photography. And I've gotten the benefit of having some photographs done a few years back now, but um, those were awesome to have in my repertoire at that time. I think it was the first time I really uh, invested in my business in that way. Right. And so talk to us about what you're passionate about within your own business and what you could teach us as well. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, so much of business now is online And when people don't meet you face-to-face at first, it's so important to have that good impression, you know, or a good representation of who you are, especially if you're a coach or a service-based business. And so that's kind of the foundation of of what I offer, just help people look good 
online and um, I have lots of experience so I know how to guide you and um, what to expect you know um, I have a steamer in my camera bag in case your clothes are wrinkled <laughs> or uh, you know <laughs> um, I we plan it out so well so that there's no surprises on the day of and um, then I also have some retouching tricks you know sometimes everything doesn't look as perfect as we want it in the camera so um, yeah, I just love it. I love helping people look great in their images. And then we've moved to, uh, to video a little bit now too, because that's so powerful for telling your story and, and being able to show what you do. Um, I just have had lots of requests for that. So we've added that now too. And then I have a few clients where I also am creating their social media content with the photos and videos and pub publishing those um, each week. So that's another thing I've offered, kind of grown my uh, offerings a little bit. Um, and yeah, my clients love me because I make them look good. <laughs> so <laughs> What made you want to niche down into helping business owners? Well, I worked for 15 years as a graphic designer with businesses. And I worked with, you know, huge brands, uh, Guess and HP, Microsoft, the, like things like that. Um, and that was fun, but to me it wasn't as satisfying as working with the dentists and the chiropractors and things like that because they're, they're my neighbors, you know, they're people making a difference in my community and I just get a lot of satisfaction out of helping them grow their business because I know that's making our whole community grow and, and be healthy and, um, so I just decided, you know, I just want to work with local people. <laughs> I love it. Good. What is your favorite thing when you're working with a uh, new brand? What do you love doing the most with them? Um, let's see. Well, I love the whole process of, of just, you know, creating images that fit with their brand and tell their story. I, I really like a client who is unique and, knows what they're you know knows what they want to communicate um that's really fun for me when they have a clear vision and we can just run with it and then to see them use the images all over the place that's the best like i don't like it when i give someone their photos and then i never see them use them anywhere i want to you know i love seeing them posting their images using them on their website in ads on brochures like billboards <laughs> you know i like I mean, that's the point of creating the images is for you to put them out there into the world. So that's my favorite is to see them in use. Yeah. Awesome. Well, talk to us a little bit about copyright and plagiarism and that kind of stuff with regards to photos that people find online. What is the no-no with that and kind of why we hire people like yourself? Sure. Yeah. So copyright is confusing. <laughs> you know, there's so many, I don't know, unknowns, I think. Um, and one thing a lot of people don't know is the person who creates the image is actually the copyright holder. So as a photographer, I own the copyright to your image, but you as the owner of your face own the copyright to your likeness. So that's one reason we get a model release. Um, so you're basically signing over your permission for me to use your likeness in your image if I post it anywhere. Um, and then you're buying a license from me to use the images I created for you 
So it's kind of, I don't know, seems confusing, <laughs> but that's, that's the legal part of it. So I own the photos, you're buying a right to use them, and I'm getting your permission to use your face. <laughs> um, but then as far as like, you know, if you just Google, you know, health coach or something, health coach photo and download a photo and use it, you don't necessarily have the rights to use that image. So you want to make sure, you know, wherever you're getting your stock photography, that there is a license for you to use them. So some places, you know, are free. Sometimes they say you need to credit this photographer. Other times you have to buy a license. Um, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of um, recourse for photographers if someone steals your photo. So um, that's kind of an issue a lot of the photography organizations are working on now is to make it easier for a photographer to get compensation if someone's stolen their images. Cause right now there, I mean, there's not a lot of way to, you know, enforce the fact that your photos are out there for anyone to take. So, but um, you know, for me ethically, I, as an artist, I'm like, I'm not going to steal someone else's photos <laughs> because I know, you know, that's, that's their property. So that's just something to keep in mind as business owners, because you could, you could get sued if a photographer sees you're using their images without permission. So it's a good idea to have your own created. And I mean, for me, the, the benefit for having your own images is that they're unique. The, you know, the other health coach next door isn't going to use a picture of you because it's you. <laughs> so that's the, to me, that's the reason to get your own photos done, you know, um, legally you have the right to use them and it's unique because it's you. So. Yeah. I love that too. I agree. Wow, <laughs> perfect. Well, you are now doing some education online work story, yeah. work story, education.com. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I'm so excited about this. This is something I wanted to do for years, but just didn't have the time. And then, um, with the government shutdown with COVID-19, I was like, well, I guess now's the time because <laughs> I wasn't able to photograph people for a couple of months. So I have launched a course to teach people all about how to have a corporate and personal branding photography business. And um, it's launched right now. I'm still creating the content, but it's open for people to enroll. Um, and my vision is to eventually teach uh, small business, small businesses as well how to manage their social media, how to have consistency in their brand look, um, how to find a photographer. You know, if you're outside of Spokane, um, how could you find a qualified branding photography for your business? Um, you know, just kind of share my knowledge. I have 20 plus years of experience in marketing and branding and design and photography, and I'm just ready to share that with the world. That's awesome. I know you're very experienced. So thank you for sharing your tips <laughs> with all of us too. So talk to us about COVID and how you kind of managed through it. What, what have you done personally in the last couple of months to try something new? Yeah. Oh man. I feel like it's been a roller coaster, right? Like at first I was like, Oh, two weeks, no big deal. Like it'll be fun. The kids are home. <laughs> and I was excited about this course. And then I actually got sick. I don't know if I had COVID-19, but I got, I had a fever for like two weeks and this like terrible chest stuff going on. 
And um, so I was in bed for like two weeks and that kind of sent me down into this depression. <laughs> um, but I eventually worked my way out of it and um, have gotten to work. I feel like work is the best cure for, <laughs> for depression. Um, and then I've also, I just started um, golfing, which is something I've always wanted to do. Um, I played one game and I was really bad, <laughs> but I'm planning on practicing and getting better. So um, yeah, that's something that's been on my bucket list for a while. And I'm like, there's no time like the present. I could die tomorrow. <laughs> I might as well just do it. Um, Amen. And then all, I started I know, golfing right? this year too. So, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I'm like, I'm considering homeschooling my kids. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I guess it's going to depend on what the schools are coming out with, but I've had it on my mind for several years just because of the flexibility. Uh, my sister homeschools her kids and she lives in Texas. And every winter I'm like, I wish I was in Texas right now. Uh, you know, but my kids are in school, so I can't take them out and go down there for several weeks. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm struggling with, you know, how could I run my business and homeschool my kids? So that's the, that's kind of the, the stumbling block for me at this point, but it's something I'm thinking of doing. So. Yeah. A lot of people are considering it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I need to have your sister on the call on a. Oh yeah, call. you should. Yeah. Actually she's creating a course for, um, people who are considering homeschool, just like all the resources and what you need to do. So I should have her come on here and um, talk about some of those things. Cause I don't even know where to start. I, I called her. I'm like, what do I even look into? It's so overwhelming. And she's been through all of it. And um, re- she ran a business too while doing homeschool. So she, she's a rock star. <laughs> yeah. I know. Sometimes I don't know how people do it, but they do. They manage. And so I know you will jump into it, be all in and be amazing at it. But at the same time, does it come at a cost to you or your health life balance? So that's, yeah, it might be. So, well, I, and I love public school. I, I'm an, you know, I feel like, well, we chose Liberty Lake for the schools. So I'm like, I don't necessarily want to walk away from school, but maybe just for a time. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, my husband's a teacher. And so we have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. It's crazy. They're already thinking of sports getting put off a couple weeks. Yeah. So I know that it's just not going to look the same regardless. Right. If right. We back, but yeah. that's kind of an individual parental decision at this point. Right. To what we yeah. do. <laughs> I think having older kids, I'm like looking at online schooling for dual enrollment in college. It's like, yeah. Yeah dual enrollment why not do college credit mm-hmm. at the same time you get high school credit right. and graduate with it, um, some stuff under your belt there because yeah that would be nice they're not like all in on that idea though right <laughs> more work what <laughs> i know <laughs> more like i want to see my friends every day like, yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> All right. Well, as we come to kind of the close of the interview, I want to always ask anyone I ever interview is what else do you want to tell the world? What is it that is about your story or your message that you feel is important to let people know? Yeah, well, I think uh, just going back to the story of how, you know, as a teenager, I felt like my life was ending and I hated, you know, I was like, why am I going through all these struggles? And then to have these huge life lessons 
that came out of that that benefited me in the future. Um, I try to just see my life like that now and any trials that are happening in the moment, like even our current situation, you know, I'm, I'm like, COVID-19 is not the worst thing that ever happened to me. Like, you know, we can get through this and I'm going to learn something important for the future, even create something new and amazing for my life during this time. Um, and so I guess I just want to tell people, you know, don't give up and don't lose faith and hope because your life is hard um, because it's not always going to be like that. You know, our lives kind of go up and down, at least mine has, I kind of have great years and not so great years and it always seems to go back up again. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's what I've learned so far in life. <laughs> and finding the joy and the pain even. Right. Right. Yeah. And knowing there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, I was just thinking about that the other day we were riding the Hiawatha trail. I don't know oh, if you've yeah. that before. I haven't. 1.6 mile long, damp, dark tunnel. Right. You can kind of see the light at the end for the whole way. And you just never mm -hmm. feel like you're going to reach it. And eventually yeah. on the other side, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. sunshine and a waterfall. You're like, wow, that was really cool. Right. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that. That's on our, that's on our bucket list too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know after you get the bike. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll sign off for now, but thank you again for being a guest today on the no bad day show and appreciate you sharing your story and your son's story, of course, and what that's like for you as a mom and kind of where, where you have struggled in the past and how you've grown through that. And the wisdom you've shared with us is really amazing. And Thank you for your profession as well and helping yeah. people like me grow in my branding and learning and all that stuff. So workstoryeducation.com is where to go for an online class where you can learn about how to be a branding photographer expert as of yeah. right now. Future yeah. Yep. <laughs> is yeah, wide open for what you want to teach on there. That's awesome. So mm -hmm. congratulations to you too for taking that time and actually doing something with the COVID. <laughs> break that we yeah. all had. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, you have an awesome weekend and thank you again for being on the show. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Okay. Bye, Tanya. Bye.